0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning
1: and welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. You know, growing any small business uh, with steady growth year after year isn't an easy task, but when you run a business that relies on the supply of farm products subject to lots of challenges and then those products are crafted into an artisanal food in a highly competitive food marketplace, that's a whole other story. Uh, Achieving success uh, within that environment uh, is not easy. And in this case, that story is the story of Kelly Road Creamery, a creamery that's based uh, here in metro Atlanta that makes exceptionally tasty cheese. It was founded by Robin Schick, who will share an insider view of the business, the business environment, what it takes to grow a business, and what it takes to make a product that most of us really, really like, great tasting cheese. So welcome back to the Business Hour, Robin.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: Now, Robin, I, I think we should um, uh, actually talk about uh, your background. You know, we could do this later in the program, but I want to sort of start off the bat because um, you have uh, the equivalent of a cheese-making pedigree. I mean, having studied at the Vermont Institute of Artisan Cheese, um, you know, you could go to the Le Cordon Bleu uh, school, and I don't think you would have better credentials than those that uh, you have. What led to your deciding that you would learn about cheese making? Why cheese? When were the first seeds? When were the first seeds of I'm going to study uh, a food, a food making, process, if you will, were you an aficionado of cheese as a child? Um, did someone say, hey, you ought to look at this program, I think you might really like it? Um, how did that How did it come about? What, what was going through your mind leading to the program? And then we'll talk a little bit about the program.
2: Sure what led us to the Vermont Institute of Artisan Cheese really started with research into how successful would a goat dairy be in Georgia. And the reason we began thinking about that was simply because we loved goats and my sister had access to her own land, which had 13 acres of farm, and we thought, was there a way to make this land pay for itself. Uh, She had a couple of pet dairy goats. We loved them. They were interesting animals. And we thought, what would it be like to have a dairy to raise goats? And as we researched more about that, uh, we worked with the Department of, um, well, no, the Agribusiness Center with UGA. We asked them to do a feasibility study for us about building a goat dairy, how successful would it be? Through our research, we found that it was a huge commitment uh, to build a goat dairy, uh, not only to the animals themselves, but also to the infrastructure and the skills to learn how to manage a herd. While we were learning that, uh, we were going to different farms and finding out more about Uh, how they were raising their animals, and they just happened to be also cheese makers. So when we did that, we started learning about making cheese. And we took a little further. We said, let's explore that side of the business, making cheese versus raising animals for milk. So we decided to go to the Vermont Institute of Artisan Cheese. It really was about the only place we felt like that we could get a very good education in a short amount of time, so that's what we did. We came away just in love with the idea of taking one ingredient and making so many different cheeses out of it. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, it just caught our fancy, and we also found uh, perhaps we should focus on one side of the business versus you know the whole the whole thing. Could we find a partner that already knew how to raise goats? knew how to milk them, that would give us good quality milk. Uh, So we came away after the Vermont Institute of Arts and Cheese uh, education and began searching for a partner.
1: You know, those have to be two uh, although very um, distinctly uh, connected uh, parts of the business two virtually different kinds of businesses the raising of goats uh, versus the making of cheese and I guess you discovered that the challenges to the uh, the farming side were just very significant and uh it was lucky that you d- discovered along the way that uh, cheesemaking uh was uh, another way to I guess start you off as an entrepreneur and and you you went about it so methodically um uh starting off thinking about the farm and then looking into other uh, farming and I guess you went and looked at creameries right, uh, and you went through the program. Uh, did the program include goats and mil- uh, sheep and cow's milk uh, cheesemaking as well?
2: Really the basics and essentials of cheesemaking, yes, dip- the different kinds of milks were discussed, uh, but it was more of an in-general and in-depth education about the funda- just the fundamentals of cheesemaking, sanitation, uh, what types of buildings would be required by the state, uh, just so many different aspects of the whole business of cheesemaking.
1: If you were to take um, cow's milk and goat's milk and undertake the same exact uh, process, Um, can you do that and then it would just yield two different tasting cheeses? Are there things that have to be done that are different in the the processing of the milk?
2: The recipes for each type of cheese, uh, they're pretty basic. They can be applied to either type of milk. Uh, I think what will happen, obviously the taste will be different, but also every milk from every different farm is different. So at times, cultures, the amounts should be adjusted, um, increased, decreased. It just depends on the milk itself, how it's going to react when you're using that recipe.
1: But the, but the processes are very, very similar, if not exact. Just yeah. You, oh, yeah. I mean, even though you might treat them differently, and we'll get into what it is you do with uh, cow's milk or goat's milk mm-hmm. and, and how that uh, becomes some of the really great tasting. I can't say that enough because I've tried the cheeses. Um, even though um, you can do some... Basic things. I'm certain you do some very different things uh, to um, treat the milk in the process uh, to achieve a, a certain taste, but we'll talk about it in a moment. I want to talk, you know, we're, we're here talking about the business itself, and then we're going to talk about cheese making and cheese. Okay. But, um,. Did you immediately after that program decide that you were going to become, uh, okay, uh, I, I am, I am going to go ahead particularly in this marketplace you know it's it's one thing to to um, join and and maybe this is one of the reasons that, that you thought Atlanta would would be ripe so to speak mm-hmm. to start a, a creamery was that that there were no other creameries uh, in the metro area which is a really unique distinction that you have um, as opposed to a town, certainly in Vermont or even maybe California, where there's you know lots of dairy farms, and uh, within some small town, even outside of one of the big cities, there might be a creamery or two, or Oregon or something. You know,
2: there are many actually out there.
1: Yeah, you know if you if you're near the Tillamook uh, mm-hmm. uh, a cheese making factory in Oregon, I bet you they've spawned a bunch of other cheese makers in that area. I'm sure, it's, it it's it's the way with wineries. You know, mm-hmm. um, big a big winery has people that leave to go and start wineries. Uh, But you decided you were going to come back to Atlanta and start it. And was there a lot of thought that went into exactly where you were going to have your shop, which is, for local listeners, uh, just off of Roswell Road, outside the perimeter on Hildebrand, just a 100 yards uh, or less uh, from Roswell Road. So it's uh, relatively easy to get to, a little less easier over the last few weeks, uh, okay, okay. but but uh, hopefully we'll be back to normal and it'll just be difficult, not um, um, uh, almost impossible to get around Atlanta. Uh, but um, you went right into it. You must have looked at a lot of different spaces. You know, you had to go through all the things that a, um, a business that has, in your case, some Requirements for a space where you could mm-hmm. produce a product, and um, and how did you come up with uh, Sandy Springs and not, let's say, a part of the um, metro area? And and a lot of metro areas have a. It's almost like a foodie section, either mm-hmm. Buckhead mm-hmm. uh or Decatur Georgia, where you have a mm-hmm. sort of a foodie consciousness, even an organic uh right. food consciousness or maybe even woodstock uh Georgia. you came up with good old Sandy Springs, North Metro Atlanta, and you have. And and this is a a couple questions here in one because Mm -hmm. um, how did you pick the location and did you know that you were going to be educating uh, a lot of people about cheese? I mean, did you know that that was going to become a big part of what you do is um, educating the palates of people about uh, good cheese? I mean, which some people already knew what good cheese was, but I bet you you still have more and more people that are like, wow, oh, this is what... uh, Good
2: yeah, cheeses. yeah we've it's it's actually quite amazing um, the number of people who come in who have never tasted really fresh goat cheese or perhaps a blue cheese that they really loved. Uh, I think the biggest difference with us is that truly our cheeses even though they're aged are fresh and local. so we do everything from you know fresh fromage, to an aged blue cheese that's 25 days and back to the first part of your question uh, the reason we chose sandy springs was really location and ease of distribution for the cheeses to the many restaurants that we sold to but also for me personally Um, I live in Dunwoody, Georgia, and Sandy Springs is where my children go to school. At the time when we had started this business, uh, my children were still in middle school. And it was important to me to be near them. Originally, we had started on a farm um, out in Carrollton, which was was an hour and 15 minutes away. Very difficult to um, make cheese and be um, a mother. And travel all that way and still be able to attend to my family, and have a business. So, Sandy Springs was ideal. It had um, lots of traffic. Um, it also, we also were dictated by commercial space, because we knew that we only wanted a thousand square feet. But where are you going to find a commercial qu- kitchen that's a thousand square feet? Uh, so we had to choose. Uh, do we choose for space requirement or some a place that was already built out? Well, the places that were already built out for commercial kitchen were too large.
1: We're going to be taking a break here, Robin, but when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about the business itself, and then we're going to get into the cheeses. Um, But note to uh, budding entrepreneurs out there, you can actually have a hand in where you locate the business, Uh, and that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. It's one of the reasons you want to have control of your business is that you get to select where the business uh, can be and how uh, that might affect your life from the standpoint of commuting and time and convenience. We're here with Robin Schick, founder of Kelly Road Creamery. We'll be back to talk with Robin more about the business of cheesemaking right after this break.
3: Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Rinaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto
4: love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to the Business
1: Hour. We're here with Robin Schick. The founder of kelly road creamery based uh, in sandy springs in north metro atlanta and we've been talking about what it takes to start a business like a creamery and we've been talking more about the business aspect of of being an entrepreneur and you know what it took to locate the business uh you know finding a, a a suitable site um and, and by the way, um, take note, uh, budding entrepreneurs. You can locate your business uh, in a place which is very convenient uh, to where you live to save yourself uh, many hours or uh, per week of uh, commuting, and that is one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur. You know, I've always felt that uh, when you run a business, along with all the responsibilities that come with. Uh, I'll tell a story about waking up one day, and I had a small agency, and you know uh, it was a small staff. And I was woke up late, and I thought, "Oh, I'm late." And I thought, "Oh, I'm the boss." Okay. Then I realized, "Oh my God, I'm the boss!" You know, I'm the yeah. the head of the small family. I have to go set an example. I have to like rush to get in there uh, and not you know be too late and 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 be there you know to sort of be at the helm. At that stage, later on, there were other people who could. Run the ship perfectly um, without me, but you—you you get to be the architect of your day. Uh, you choose the business you want to be in, where you're going to sink your heart and your head uh, uh, every day. Uh, you know what you're going to sink your head into, uh, and your heart into, and how far you drive, and uh, who you hire, and you know you get to. to, to uh, mold the business uh, in your 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 personal vision, and that 's why I think a lot of us become entrepreneurs the the first cheeses you made let's let's let 's talk about early on um, you you certainly needed to keep it basic, um, probably space in some mm-hmm. sense dictated a little bit of that, but also you could have started off with a um, maybe a cheddar, if you will. But I, I happen to, <laughs> as I recall, it wasn't a cheddar. That uh, no, was one of the first cheeses. What were the no. first uh, couple of cheeses?
2: Actually, the the very first cheese that we made was just a soft, fresh chef, just soft goat cheese. And uh, as we became more adept and interested in furthering our cheese-making skills, the next one was our camembert, called Waypoint. And that one won the flavor of Georgia in the dairy division in two thousand and ten. We we're very proud of that little cheese. so that was the first cow's milk cheese that we uh, had made. so we introduced not only the goat goat milk cheese with the Chev but also a cow's milk.
1: And by the way, for uh, listeners out there uh, that may not be familiar with uh, Camembert, it's, it's one of the closest to a brie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it may be the, the closest to a brie. Um, what What is it that, that in fact distinguishes the two, Robin, a Camembert and a, and a brie?
2: Well, a Camembert is traditionally a four-inch in diameter cheese. A brie can be large and so they can almost
1: be virtually the same, uh, the same, recipe, uh, same, yeah. same, same, same mm-hmm. cheese. Right. Um, and for for those of us that like a, a, a soft, uh, mild, rich tasting uh, cheese, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, your your camembert, and it's a Waypoint is, it's is called is Waypoint w- okay. is, is your camembert. Um, what were um, what were some of the? I, and I should have asked you this just a moment ago because. Uh, on the business side, what were, what were some of the hurdles that you had to uh, get over early on?
2: Uh? Well, early on, back to choosing a space, was finding one that we could afford, which we had to build out according to uh, you know, the rules and regulations dictated by the Department of Ag or the uh, Prime Milk Ordinance. So we had to have you know, basically a commercial kitchen with sloped floors and drains in the center, uh, everything had to be able to be washed down. All of our equipment needed to be stainless steel. Uh, that's that's quite an investment. Um, you know, there are other things that had to be um, followed in terms of sanitation. Um, basically, the dairy itself, or the or the cheese make room, is a sanitary room. So we had to create a closed entry. Um, also, make sure that. Um, We wear sanitary clothes inside. You know, the build-out was was quite an investment. You just can't walk into a space and begin making cheeses. You know, there are many, many um, different aspects to creating that product where you're uh, responsible to the public to create something that is clean.
1: And those sanitary requirements are even uh, uh, stiffer than they are for a restaurant. Oh so, yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. It's a it's a whole uh, different uh, set of uh, right compliance there. Um, marketing is is one of those areas early on that uh, y- can be a major hurdle for a lot of businesses. How do you get known? What what avenues do you take? Um, you know, businesses in the past that uh, might have decided uh, uh, to drop a, a large chunk of change. To to be in the section on cheese in the yellow pages if such a thing did exist, that might be uh, something you did. You, you, you can take out a, a, a billboard that says uh, "Turn right for uh, great cheese" mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> at, the, at the next block. You could uh, take out a full page ad, also highly cost uh, prohibitive. You know there are a lot of simple and oftentimes very expensive and not necessarily very effective approaches to marketing. Um, But, you know, you you needed people to know uh, that that you existed. What did you do in the first uh, few months?
2: Well, in the first, actually, several years, we attended all of the farmer's markets that we could. And that was a great grassroots investment, which... When we attended them, reaped benefits because we were selling our cheeses at the same time. Social media, obviously, we're so fortunate to have this in that day and age because it's a relatively inexpensive way to advertise.
1: Um, where did Kelly Road come from?
2: Kelly uh, Road, the name Kelly Road Creamery came from my sister's name and her middle name, as well as my first name and middle name. So it's sort of an, an acronym of Kathy Lynn and Robin Adair.
1: Ah, That's
2: Cali Road.
1: It sounds like a, a cross between an old English and a, and a New England uh, farm town. Cali Road. Or, you know, something bucolic.
2: It's a place in our imagination. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> and, and your heart. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, okay, so now uh, you've got um, uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And you are in um, uh, a handful of different uh, 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 farmer's markets. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right. th- th- I'm going to read these off, and we'll talk a little bit about there's Alpharetta. Um,
2: Actually, this year, we have chosen to go to only three.
1: Okay. So well, then you will tell me what those three are, because... Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, and you've now narrowed it down to to what you think are are three good ones. Mm -hmm. Which are those three?
2: Those three are um, Sandy Springs, of course, where our home is, and uh, Roswell Farmers Market, and Marietta Square.
1: And for... um, Again, for listeners outside of metro Atlanta, and you know in some sense you can uh, uh, if you're thinking of a small business and you're thinking about uh, geographical desirability for your business and you know where your consumers might be and what the economics of that part of uh, uh, the the metro area might be Sandy Springs is located uh, almost at high noon you know at twelve mm-hmm. o'clock high in the metro area in a In a a growth-oriented, there's uh, good, solid uh, economic growth, as well as Roswell, which is due north, and Marietta, which is uh, virtually adjacent across the the river uh, due um, northwest. And so you you, you picked a nice slice of what is still referred to as the Golden Triangle Mm -hmm. um, and um, those farmer's markets, um, which would have a – I'd say in the thirty years plus that I've been in the metro area, growing number, a growing consciousness, as well as a growing number of people that understand organic, just as they do all across the country and all over the world, better than ever, and the value of fresh and local, which go hand in hand. And so have those markets themselves, have you seen them uh, grow in, uh, in number of uh, vendors or in sophistication yes. quality in the in last few years?
2: Yes, I think they've grown in number of not only vendors attending, but also in um, people attending. It's, it's, a, it's a great outing for a Saturday morning. Uh, f- we see a lot of people Viewing it as a community event where they see their neighbors, get to know each other, walk the dog, uh, find out directly from the vendors who are there where their food comes from, how it's made. They hear their stories. Um, it's a great springboard for an entrepreneur, I think, uh, for somebody to attend a market if they're making a good quality food or craft or you know whatever their imagination comes up with.
1: Yeah, I would say that um, for anyone listening that hasn't spent time in a local farmer's market, if you don't have a uh, uh, the equivalent of a neighborhood or a very close-by farmer's market, find one that's closest to you and get to that mm-hmm. farmer's market, and, and you will be delighted to find uh, a range. There will always be something, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, bread or mm-hmm. just produce, or something like cheese, or it could be honey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, cookies, uh, cookies.
2: Uh, candy. So, you know, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. Cattle corn.
1: Cattle <laughs> corn, yes. Uh, but, uh, but just a, a, a delicious uh, array of local foods. Um, and, uh, and very fresh, and uh, and in many cases, uh, a growing number of organic foods, which uh, we might as well segue to uh, the, the, the value of organic. I know that you strive to be as organic as you can, and in this day and age, it's not always easy for a, a food uh, producer, uh, or even maybe more difficult for a restaurant to be 100% organic. You know, there are classifications these days. Uh uh, and 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 standards that have to be maintained to, to actually have the uh, the label organic. But you 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 try hard, and and uh, and tell us what the implications are. Or or we'll we'll take a break, and when we come back from the break, you can uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know what you think some of the uh, benefits are of uh working with a farm for example that uh, uh is as close to 100% if not 100% organic in, in uh grass-fed cows mm-hmm. uh to other non uh genetically modified kinds of uh, um, food supplies to the uh the animals we're here with Robin Schick. we've been talking about uh making cheese, making quality artisanal cheese. And we'll be back with Robin right after this break.
5: Understanding health insurance is becoming more challenging. If you currently have insurance, you've probably noticed that it costs more to see your doctor. And if you're able to keep your doctor, it takes longer to get an appointment. The bad news is this trend is projected to continue. Your costs will likely continue to rise, while your health care choice and access will continue to fall. The good news is, Peachtree ENT Center has the answer to this problem. We believe in taking care of the whole patient, because healing is more than writing a prescription. We are committed to working with you, and we specialize in providing affordable care for patients without insurance, those who are underinsured, and those with high deductibles or catastrophic coverage, and we offer same-day appointments. You no longer have to choose between staying healthy and paying bills, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts.
6: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol.
3: Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday
0: from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we're here with Robin Chick, the uh, founder of Kelly Road Creamery, a creamery based in Sandy Springs in North Metro Atlanta. We were talking about, uh, you know, what went into the formation of the business, the the, the early stages of uh, becoming educated uh, at the Vermont Institute of Artists, Artisan cheese, uh, which is important in that uh, Robin has uh, you know cheese credentials, uh, and uh, she she followed uh, um, a path to creating the business uh, in a and what I think was a very intelligent way, locating it in a place where you could have um, uh, the kind of conditions in a, in a, in a kitchen set up for for uh, smaller production uh, because you're not a big uh, assembly line. Uh, business, you're a small uh, crafts person, mm-hmm. kitchen, uh, and um, before the break, we were talking about, and this this, this speaks to your commitment to to quality. Uh, a lot of businesses have recognized the benefits of being organic, and and uh, not all uh, food uh, producers. Uh, when you're relying on other mga- m- uh, organic um suppliers uh, can can be 100 percent organic but you strive to to be uh, organic and work with suppliers that might uh, uh, have cows or uh, uh, goats uh, that uh, are, are fed with non-gmo uh, products so that uh, in it in turn the the milk uh, could be a, a non-gmo quality uh, organic um, when possible uh, milk. T- tell me what you see as the benefits and, and maybe give us some examples of um, some of the suppliers that, that, that also take grains take great pains to be um, organic and supply you with a quality milk.
2: Well, we, we do strive for non-GMO fresh milk delivered to our creamery every week. There are some hurdles to be uh, conquered in that since we are somewhat small, even though we can take approximately a 1,000 gallons of milk if we really wanted to at one time, we still have to rely on dairies that are able to sell outside of the milk co-ops, that are able to sell to independent um, companies to, who would utilize that raw product. Most of the dairies that we deal with are striving towards non GMO. Some are totally non GMO. Some are mostly grass fed, but still get grain, offer grain to their cows when they come in for the milking. Some are absolutely 365 days grass fed. The benefits for us as a producer is we, the quality of our cheeses is elevated. Uh, The cheeses taste better. They look better. You can tell we can always tell when we've got our grass-fed milk in, totally grass-fed milk because it's the cheeses turn out creamy yellow. They're beautiful. There are some differences in yield. Uh, Grass-fed yield, grass-fed milk, um, we get a, a bit lower yield. There's more of a balance between fat and protein, I believe, in uh, the totally grass-fed milk. Versus the other milks, very high in fat, we get a much bigger yield. Um, And we do weigh that when we're making our cheeses. Literally, (laughs) we weigh
1: (coughs) that. um, Who's buying your cheeses and... and, and and, and maybe we'll start off with having you uh, identify um, some of what could be considered uh, prestige accounts um, by by any account uh, working with some of the the chefs and some of the restaurant groups uh, that are here in Atlanta the resurgence restaurant group is, is a highly respected group that is headed by uh, Linton Lytton Hopkins and um, and uh, he has a uh, catering group, the Eugene Kitchen. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they buy your cheeses, don't you? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yes. They actually are the developers for Delta Airlines' first-class European menu, uh, which runs on a 12-week cycle. Our cheeses have been featured there twice. Uh, the first one was our feta, and uh, the second one was our blue cheese currently being being offered on Delta's first-class menu. Uh, starting in June, we hope to be back again with our feta. So we're very um, honored to be part of Delta's menu and offered through Eugene Kitchen and Nick McCormick. Um, Linton Hopkins, obviously, is their executive chef with Resurgence. Um, so yeah, let me
1: interrupt you. That has got to be a really distinct um, uh, honor, um uh n- not so much because it's Delta Airlines which is uh an an honor uh to be a chosen honor. by a, an airline that that gets pretty high marks as airlines go mm-hmm. and is not just a big giant uh airline but uh, uh transatlantic flights to Europe you're mm-hmm. talking about uh, uh Europeans going back home right. um Perhaps the most sophisticated cheese consuming audience in the world uh, not that they don't consume cheese all over the world and that there aren't discerning cheese uh, consumers uh, in nations and regions all over the world but in Europe there might happen to I think it's probably the broadest range of cheeses <laughs> and so it's the most educated uh, uh, palates uh, and uh, and so that, that's really quite an honor to be uh, having uh, your product, uh, part of their their menu. Um, there's also um, Concepts 101 has a group of restaurants, M- Meehans. You're in the Meehans uh, restaurants as well?
2: Right, yeah. Um, Meehans, we are very happy to be part of their menu. We serve five restaurants, and again, our feta is on their menu. They do a grilled cheese sandwich with that, uh, and their menu is quite extensive. They have great food there.
1: Tell us uh, about Garnish and Gather.
2: Uh, another great group that we work with, which is, um, I believe they work with several different uh, Atlanta chefs, and they feature their recipes, and one can purchase um, a, um, a kit where they can make a gourmet meal at home. Everything is portioned out and ready to go, and they've been using our cheeses for quite some time in those kits.
1: That's that's. Mm-hmm. What, a, what an interesting new avenue um, for not only uh, doing business through sales, but uh, sort of great target marketing of sorts. You know, you're, you're getting to sell, but you're reaching an audience that is probably a little more discriminating about what they're eating because it's, you know, it's it's uh, sort of kits to make uh, delicious meals uh, that are healthy, delicious meals, and uh, it's got to be nice to be a part of that. Um I'm going to sort of go back, I'm going to segue back toward uh, marketing uh, because it's such a crucial aspect of of a business uh, sustaining its it's growth. Um, Aside from the farmers markets, which in some sense are are like networking, uh, but you get to sell your products, uh, are there any any other forms of uh, networking? Uh, Did you attend Chambers of Commerce or someone on your staff attend Chamber of Commerce meetings, for example, and just get the word out? Uh, What what were some of the other uh, means of networking? And certainly social media Mm -hmm. networking has become a real tool. But anything else that you did to get the word out?
2: Well, we've advertised in Flavors Magazine. We've been very fortunate to have uh, several journalists who have written about us. Uh, Connie Ward Cameron of uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has done uh, a few little pieces on us. Um, Networking, Sandy Springs Chamber of Commerce has been fabulous to us. Uh, They've probably been more proactive with us than we've been with them. It's been very difficult to be a business owner who's very involved in production to get out to network. Um, So... Staffing is critical for me. I need to have t- people in there who can take my place so that I can get out to market um, our, our products. Heritage Sandy Springs, um, again, a great organization, has been fabulous to us as well. And also Sandy Springs uh, Tourism has been Great to us.
1: There are some organizations in in uh, Sandy Springs um, that do a good job mm-hmm. of finding quality businesses and mm-hmm. uh, um, working with them. That that uh, uh, because you're good for them, you know to have your cheese at events um, and to. Uh, uh, for you to get that exposure, uh, it's pretty symbiotic. Um, I would remind listeners that if they uh, go to com they can learn more. And Kelly Road is C A L Y R O A D Creamery.com. Um, now, Robin, I want to turn to uh, Big Bloomy, Bit of Blue, Black Rock, Diablo, Fresh Chevre, Fromage. Goat's Milk uh, Cheeses, Little Epiphany, Marinated Feta, Mediterranean Feta, Red Top, (laughs) Waypoint, and uh, even have you talk about chocolate and cheese truffles and your cheese making uh, kit. So let's go to the beginning. Tell us about Big Bloomy.
2: Okay. Big Bloomy is strictly just a straight aged goat cheese, nice clean taste, Uh, It's sort of the base for the rest of all the little aged goat cheeses that we do. So I think we can go straight to Red Top, Black Rock. Uh, Red Top is a sweet smoked paprika underneath the Bloomy rind. So what we've done is we've taken Big Bloomy and just added a spice to it.
1: And it's just hand-applied? Is that how you apply the spices? or? Yeah, what
2: happens is uh, most of the cheeses are hand-formed. Most of the goat cheeses are hand-formed. Uh, we start with a fresh curd, and everything is portioned out. And then the cheeses are rolled in several, one of several spices, either smoked paprika or crushed black pepper, or we even do um, a coating of ash, vegetable ash. Those cheeses are then put in aging, and the bloomy rind grows over it, and you just get an altogether different taste for each one of them.
1: And and so the Black Rock is also uh, one of the uh, the cheeses that, it, that is uh, utilizes the big the aged uh, goat cheese, right. the big bloomy. Yeah. Um, do we skip over a Bit of Blue? Uh, I, you know, I I have to apologize. I've I've got them here. I put them down in alphabetical order, and uh, Bit of Blue. Um, you know, I will tell you in advance. And you know, I, I apologize to listeners out there for any reason. This sounds a little bit like an infomercial, but I promise you, uh, the goal of this program is to find uh, quality businesses that e- e- exemplify. Uh, Good business practices, if not best business practices. Uh, if uh, the business happens to be enormously successful and produce a, a high quality product and is more interesting, that's a bonus uh, to the listener uh, and, and, and to me to be able to talk to someone um, that uh, is a more interesting business. And I think you fit into that category of. Best business practice, quality product, and, and more interesting. Um, m- maybe it's because I'm a cheese aficionado. Which brings me to your Bit of Blue. You know, I will stack your blue cheese up against a lot of blue cheeses that I've had here and in Europe. Um, you know, Maytag's, Gorgonzola's, just, you know, it's a great tasting blue. Uh, so tell us about your Bit of Blue.
2: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the compliments. Bit of Blue really started out as an attempt to make a cambazola, which is a camembert with blue veins. And we worked on that cheese for a couple of years. Uh, We finally gave up trying to create a cambozola. We just, the penicillin kept smothering the blue. Uh, We just decided the blue was more important, so we just stuck with a blue cheese, but the goal was to make it nice and creamy. And that's what we finally achieved. A nice, creamy blue cheese that's a Bit mild, bit on the mild side, low on the salt, and uh, it's been uh, been a favorite of many people as they've come in and tasted it.
1: You know, uh, blue cheeses have uh, pair, been paired, um, and you know personally, I think there are no, there there are not necessarily uh, pairing rules. You know. Uh, Red meat mm-hmm. with red wines. You know, if you got a full-bodied uh, uh, Chardonnay, and uh, you know the, and and you wanted to complement uh, a, a steak in that way, as opposed to the conventional wisdom of having a, uh, a, a hearty uh, cut of meat uh, being uh, uh, paired with a full-bodied red oh, okay but but you can you can you can vary these and we're going to be taking a break when we come back I, i'm going to s- start off the segment by talking about uh your blue and a couple of different wines that i personally paired them with that i thought it was just fantastic with we're here with robin Chick of kelly road creamery we've been talking about what it takes to uh, be a quality uh, cheese making operation we'll talk more with robin right after this break
3: Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
4: Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.
5: This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed, and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered, because Tree ENT Center is where patient care counts.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Robin Chick, founder of Kelly Road Creamery, a creamier creamery uh, located in north metro Atlanta in Sandy Springs that is dedicated to really quality cheese making. And <clears throat> before the break, we were talking about... Um, some of the the specific cheeses and the one cheese that we were uh, talking about was there was robin's bit of blue uh it's a blue cheese and and i was talking about uh, pairing it with a uh, a red wine um, uh, and and why <clears throat> when you pair a, a, a uh, any food with any other food any food with any beverage sure there are conventional wisdoms about how Uh, a uh, a hearty cut of red meat works best with a bold, uh, robust uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, so that it can hold up to the meat. But what if you just want, uh, you know, a glass of water? Uh, That's not so big and bold um, with your uh, red uh, meat. And if you want a Chardonnay, you know, maybe if it's a little more full-bodied, it quote-unquote holds up better. But I think the same is true of cheeses. You can have white wines with some cheeses and and red wine with that same cheese. And I started off by trying your blue with a Pinot Noir, a very full-bodied Pinot Noir, which I might add seemed to be an ideal Mm complement. But then I tried it also with a a, a, a Chardonnay, and I thought it was uh, very good, really good. Um, So... um, What's your theory about that? Do you think you can have uh, a lot of different uh, wines, for example, uh, with uh, various cheeses, that it doesn't have to be white wines with mild cheeses and red wines (laughs) with uh, um, richer, more more robust-flavored cheeses?
2: I think doing food pairings is really up to the individual. I imagine that there are some pairings that perhaps tastes better than others as a, as a rule, but it's all up to the individual. I mean, nobody can dictate how you're going to react when you put something in your mouth. Everybody's taste buds are different. Everybody's likes, you know, maybe you like sweet more than savory. Maybe you like savory more than sweet. So whatever happens with you individually is what it should be.
1: I think you should never rely on other people's taste buds. I mean, <laughs> you can get an opinion. You can ask the waiter, "What do you think about this versus that?" But then you're like trusting their taste buds more than your taste buds. And uh, and I'm in 100% in agreement. You need to trust your own taste buds, and everything is is uh, according to the individual. And if you really like Diet Coke and co- or Coca Cola Classic. <laughs> You need to try that blue cheese with Coca-Cola Classic. (laughs) I'm sorry for any (laughs) listeners out there that are strict uh, foodies and think that's blasphemous, but... uh I think you can pair a lot of uh, cheeses with a lot of different beverages, uh, and and uh, we might even get to touch on fruits in a moment. But we're going down the list. We talked about bit of blue, big bloomy, uh, black rock. Uh, tell us about Diablo. Did you t- tell us about Diablo already? No.
2: Well, Diablo is an aged goat cheese that is a spinoff of Red Top. Uh, it's rolled in the same sweet smoked paprika imported from Spain, but this one has hot pepper flakes. Uh, sprinkled on the outside of it as well. So it will be a spicy cheese.
1: What about... Um, remind us again about the fresh chev and, and your fromage.
2: Uh, well, we offer a fresh chev and we also take that chev and flavor it with our signature combination of spices. We currently have a fresh chev that has... Um, Uh, dill, poppy seed, fennel, um, and mustard seed. It's great. And talking about pairings, I can recommend this, and I think it does taste the best. (laughs) But you can put that with any sweet um, jam that is light. We have a raspberry um, uh, merlot with cracked pepper, Mm. made by One Screw Loose here in Georgia. We pair that with that particular chef, and it's fantastic. Frankly, we can't keep that That pairing um, in the store, it's flying out. So, in this case, the recommendation sort of does hold true that people do like that. Like that very much.
1: You know, I, you know, I'm I'm going to take segue here uh, and uh, go off path for just a moment, uh, or maybe it's not off the path because we were talking about wine and and, and cheese pairings. Mm-hmm. You know, fruits and cheese is uh, one of those areas where people are learning that uh, there's more than just uh, an apple and uh, cheddar uh, or uh, Mm -hmm. apricots and uh, and uh, Mm -hmm. camembert Um, but uh, you know raspberries uh, work so well Uh, uh, strawberries Mm -hmm. you know go by a robin shop uh, get uh, a few different cheeses and then stop by your favorite uh, source for uh uh Berries, Mm -hmm. uh, strawberries, um, uh, raspberries, uh, and uh, uh, and and try a lot of different uh, uh, fruits. You'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. And um, let me go back on track here with little epiphany. Uh, Tell us about little epiphany.
2: Well, little epiphany has um, been a very good cheese for us. It actually is made from our fromage. It's based on a Shor's-style cheese, first made in France. And the difference between it and, let's say, the camembert is that when we set the curd, um, we don't cut it and stir it to drive out the moisture and then mold it. With uh, Little Epiphany, the curd is set, it's not cut, uh, and the, the curd itself is scooped out into the molds. Uh, it's very high moisture. It takes uh, many days to drain. And then again, it's it's hand-formed as well. That that particular cheese has been taken out of our production rotation right now. I'd like to work on that recipe. I'd like to change it a little bit. Uh, I love the name uh, because it... It's that, a little epiphany? <laughs> it, it was a little epiphany, but it was based on a little epiphany epiphany about business. That was learned at Christmas time a few years ago. Um, so that uh, the name of that little cheese came from the fact that it had been made and not named, and was sitting in the aging fridge. And I happened to go home for Christmas, and uh, my parents were still alive at the time, and began talking to them about how, as an entrepreneur in the early stages of business, I wasn't making any money or making a real profit. And so I wasn't losing money. And my parents just said, well, don't you love making cheese? And I said, well, of course I do. And then they said, don't worry about it. Go back. Keep making it. And it was sort of my epiphany that it didn't matter, that I couldn't count my success on the dollars, that it had to be a personal happiness as well.
1: There is uh, one theory that if you follow your heart you know, and your passion that... Uh the dollars will follow and that doesn't always uh that isn't always the case that doesn't always come uh, to fruition if you will um uh, but uh, it can and uh, i still think it makes you get up in the morning uh, and feel better about what you do when you follow your heart in that way and don't sacrifice uh quality so a little epiphany would be a, a a great name for a cheese that that brought you to that realization um you also have and you know we're running out of time so i'm going to say that you um you can get chocolate and cheese uh, on truffles Mm -hmm. uh and you provide cheese making kits correct and then i want to say that you have won some awards uh anyone in particular uh that comes to mind that you were particularly pleased to receive
2: Yes. uh, Not particularly awards, but scoring uh, with the American Cheese Society in Raleigh. uh, And this, I believe, was in 2012. Red Top scored a 94 out of 100. We're happy with that. Uh, Worldwide Cheese Contest in Wisconsin. Uh, We scored 11th out of maybe 150 cheeses for our Waypoint or Camembert style. We're happy with that. We didn't win first place. But we scored high.
1: Yeah, and I bet you came up against some um, other um, established uh, cheesemakers uh, uh, so that it had to be really satisfying uh, to, to be recognized in that way. Well, um, Robin, we've come to the end of the program, and I really uh, want to thank you for taking the time to be on the program because I know you run a small shop where you are very much a hands-on major part of Um, business operations. So thank you for taking the time to come on to the business hour.
2: And you're very welcome. I was pleased to be here, and I thank you for the opportunity to talk about Cali Red.
1: You've been listening to the business hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the Internet and the radio next week. You are listening to America's Web Radio, your voice in the matter.